ऑटो रिक्शाज आर अ की एंड इंटेग्रल पार्ट ऑफ इंडियाज अर्बन ट्रांसपोर्टेशन लेअर इट्स कैरेक्टरिस्टिक इट्स बिजार इट्स द इंडियन एक्सपीरियंस एंड ऑटोज हैव दर ओन स्टोरी एंड कैरेक्टर अक्रॉस ईच सिटी इन इंडिया so we decided to speak to a few people from different cities about autos in these cities here's janani on the hassle of haggling with chennai's autos in the sweltering heat taking an auto in chennai is quite stressful for everyone involved including the auto drivers if you have to take an auto you'll have to first prepare yourself for some endless haggling and back and forth on prices because uh, the fares really haven't been revised in years so sticking by the meter isn't an option for most of them right uh, but on the other hand they also quote some really astronomical prices so your sympathy for them tends to dry up pretty quickly then there's rena talking about the chatty mumbai auto drivers so in all of the cities that i visited in india i found the auto culture to be best in mumbai um it's never difficult to find an auto most of the time wherever you are in the city if you flag one down um they more or less agree to go wherever you're going and that includes long and short distances um they're usually quite matter of fact and often cheerful as well about everything and it's quite nice to have conversations with the auto drivers um but this is very common um and i've had many many conversations with auto drivers and alisa mentioned something that we would be remiss not to talk about bangalore's one and half oh one and a half okay so uh, essentially one and a half comes in the play after 10 o'clock and post 10 o'clock the meter fare is one and a half of what you pay autos have been around for decades in the background then suddenly without any warning urban transport changed forever cities grew faster than public transport did autos were a lifeline that's why they had a monopoly but something major happened in 2010 a small company called ola was born it was a near copycat of another company by the name of uber that was already changing the face of urban transport in other countries the new decade was going to change urban transport in india forever and autos were going to bear the brunt for nearly this whole decade autos and cab aggregators were locked in a difficult uncertain tussle for control of the urban transport space the old versus the new battled it out overtures were being made and then rebuffed finally it looks like they may have figured out how to work together Hello and welcome to Unofficial Sources, a business podcast by The Ken. I'm Anushka Chikara and I'm Alana Banerjee and we're your hosts. In today's episode, we follow the legacy of auto rickshaws in India and the entry of Ola, Uber and Rapido into the space and why exactly they've chosen to double down on autos since the pandemic hit. Over the last 5 episodes we've tried something different. We decided to do two segments, one narrative segment that follows a story 
and another segment that's an interview or a panel discussion with experts. We've tried several different things and experimented with the voice of this podcast. And our listeners have shared their feedback as well, for which we're grateful. But now, we've decided to discontinue the second segment and continue with just the narrative segment. This will mean shorter episodes, but this is not the end. We may bring back the second segment in some form later. As usual, we'd love to hear your thoughts. Email us on podcast at the-ken.com. The auto rickshaw space in India has been largely poorly regulated. Those problems that people shared with us earlier, it's largely because there are problems with standardizing fares for autos across cities and states. Auto rickshaw fares in most places don't get revised nearly as frequently as they should. With changes in fuel prices and cost of living in different cities, auto fares need to be revised regularly and not just on the state level, but at a city-wide level. The price of an auto ride in a metropolitan city like Chennai cannot be the same as uh, its fare in, say, Trichy, a smaller town in the same state of Tamil Nadu. And auto fares are susceptible to even time of day, traffic, weather, and so on. So there's actually a constant tussle between customers and auto drivers and auto unions and even the government on a broader level. The tussle was going to get a lot more complicated. In came Uber and Ola, a new set of players entering the market. What complexity did Uber and Ola really add to the system, Manushka? So their premise was simple. Autos are unpredictable, open to dust, pollution, heat, and they never go by the meter. Compare that to what Uber and Ola would offer, which is an air-conditioned cab that you can hail with the click of a button on the app. All of a sudden, you didn't have to wait for an auto to show up. Right. And in addition to that, you don't have to haggle anymore. Yeah, so cabs were now also being used for short-distance travel, not just like trips to the airport and the like. And some of Ola and Uber's early discount schemes would also have really cut into the auto territory. I'm pretty sure that must have really pissed off auto drivers and auto unions. They got really upset, yeah. And they, that's why they went on, you know, consecutive strikes. If you just do a simple Google search, you'll see a bunch of news items come up about how auto guys were really angry with how much Uber and Ola had carved up their territory. But I imagine Uber and Ola probably didn't care, right? Like they were coming in here with this seemingly good idea and their whole disruption and they don't care if people are pissed off about it. I think they did care, right? And they cared enough to actually declare a truce. So the enemy started to become friends and Uber and Ola started to woo these autos onto their platform. Oh, interesting twist. Here's Pranam Balakrishnan, who recently wrote an article about how Uber, Ola and Rapido are trying to build the auto rickshaw vertical on their platforms. So the companies realized that the potential that lay in this unregulated auto rickshaw market is high and so they decided to include a mode of transport that was and still is one of the most popular choices. Uh, Ola began this expansion in 2014 and Uber was slightly late to the game starting out in 2016 with the pilot project. And getting auto drivers 
to write for them was no easy task. And yeah, Ola actually held driver partner melas or fests in big cities like Chennai uh, back in 2015, you know, showering drivers with gold coins and free movie tickets to attract them to the platform. Currently, Ola has an advantage over Uber. It controls like around three quarters of the auto market share. But Uber and Ola now had a new set of problems. Problems that arose from becoming friends with their enemies. The issue now wasn't just about a traditional system being upset at disruption from a new player. Auto rides on Ola and Uber were changing the nature of the auto rickshaw space that had existed for years. Here's Shashank Atreya, a research fellow at Vidhi Center for Legal Policy. His research area of focus is urban development and urban transport. So we reached out to him to give us an idea of how exactly these apps are changing the nature of the auto rickshaw space. If you look at the nature of a transportation by an auto rickshaw, the nature of it is two. That the discretion to say no to a particular drop point for a long time always rested with the driver. So that shift from the driver to Ola or driver to Uber, in fact, has a huge impact on the way the sector has turned out to become. Whenever there's some research, which is the auto drivers, their uh, day-to-day driving patterns are largely hyper-local. So you will see them sort of mostly shifting between areas of, say, four, five, six, seven kilometers radius, not largely beyond that. And usually declining requests, which sort of requiring them to step beyond the four to seven kilometer route. But what Uber and Ola has done is they have opted for the same model of driver selection as they have for the cab drivers. Now, this will require them to sort of move beyond their hyperlocal uh, uh, areas, which they are comfortable and they want to service to newer destinations, which they may not really be comfortable or knowledgeable about. After they drop, it's not certain that they will instantly get another ride. And once again, another nature of the auto sector is that they, they are always on the move. Now, so for a long time, they'll have to be moving around and around and around in an area that they are not very familiar with. So that is another trend that classifies as changing for autos. We'll be back right after this break. Hi, I'm Jaydeep and I'm a desk editor at The Ken. I edit stories from both our India and Southeast Asia editions along with our three newsletters, Beyond the First Order, The Nut Graph, and Straight Up. I also write and edit some of the emails that our subscribers get every morning, which introduce our stories. Although I've worked at the Ken for just over a year, our relationship goes back four years when I came across and subscribed to this new revolutionary business journalism website that published only one story a day. From that one story a day to two editions, three newsletters, a podcast, and many other things in the offing, I'm amazed how much we've grown in the last four years. 
In case you've just learned about us via this podcast and want to try out some of our written journalism, we've got something for you. We're giving you a chance to check out our paid newsletters Beyond the First Order and The Nut Graph for free for a month. All you have to do is go to the-ken.com forward slash podcast offer. That's the-ken.com forward slash podcast offer. The URL will be linked in the show notes of this episode. Hope you can join us on this journey. Thank you for listening. Unions for Uber and Ola drivers arose from the need for these problems to be addressed. Here, we spoke to Aditi Suri, a sociologist at the Indian Institute of Human Settlements. One focus of Aditi's research has been on the impact of gig economy platforms on Indian urban workers. So, auto representatives have been quite key in building strengths for many kinds of political purposes, right? The fight against the platform or for particular kinds of platform offerings is one thing. They kind of also exemplify a particular kind of lower middle class Indian citizen, right? So people who are above the poverty line, people who have to work to earn. But the moment they stop um, being able to earn, they kind of fall into poverty. And this kind of a person, this kind of an Indian citizen, ends up having to take in all the risks of how cities change and how kind of economies change in cities. These auto unions provide opportunities to individual auto drivers that work on these platforms, these ride aggregating platforms, to bring up their grievances and the problems that they face. On the end of these platforms' business models, there are also complications. So there are a few problems these companies face. So one thing is with regard to fares. The local governments, district administrations, they have set fares for autos across the country. Uh, each district, you know, they have their own rules. But as one source pointed out in the story, the definition of fare is not very clear. Uh, it In the law books, the, the, there are loopholes. I mean, for example, you know, uh, the, the law does not exempt anyone from charging less than the fare price. So they've been taking, these platforms have been taking advantage of that to charge less from customers. The government is also not bothered because these laws were put in place to protect the customers in the first place. And they're happy as long as customers get a cheaper ride. So there were strikes against Uber and Ola when the companies began their cab hailing operations and entered the scene. Now that auto drivers had adopted the app and are riding for these companies, there were strikes once again. Addressing the problems they have being on these platforms and actually using these platforms. Um, I think uh, the interesting thing here is that uh, the protest and the strike when it comes to platform workers, whether they be auto drivers or taxi drivers, uh, has a fairly limited effect. Right, the platform is a digital marketplace. It has uh, a geographical spread far wider than. The, other, uh, the otherwise physical outposts of companies, right? The headquarters or particular, um, like say taxi stands or places where commerce would take place. Uh, and that might alter say particular kinds of, you know, geofences in neighborhoods or city level changes to what the fare is or how incentives are happening 
or if there's a systematic failure in the app. Uh, but it often doesn't seem to uh, have more of an effect than that. Then, in early 2020, the pandemic hit and it changed everything. Nobody wanted to be cooped up in an air-conditioned cab in the middle of an airborne pandemic. Demand for cabs really plummeted. In fact, Ola's valuation went from $3.3 billion to $3 billion just a few weeks ago. Ola was valued north of $6 billion before the pandemic. Suddenly, autos with their open structures seemed to be the obvious answer. Uber and Ola doubled down on their auto services and began to install screens between the auto driver and the passenger seat. But right before that, while Uber and Ola were waiting for the decline in cab bookings to even out, bike taxi company Rapido launched its three-wheeler service in October of 2020. Since then, Rapido has onboarded more than 100,000 drivers in 25 cities and completed a million rides. This sets up an interesting three-way, three-wheeler race between Uber, Ola and Rapido. Balan, who reported the story, gives us some inkling of who might be ahead in the race. Ola has the clear upper hand when it comes to market share. It controls three quarters of the auto market share with around half a million autos on its platform. And that's also because they have a head start having gotten into this business in 2014. Whereas Uber only seriously got into the auto business in 2018 and Rapido just last year. A former senior Ola executive told me that Ola's strength with autos seems to be the reason why it's performing better than Uber post-lockdown. Before the lockdown, Uber was pretty confident and there's also data out in the press which shows that you know Uber has confidently beaten Ola in India in Ola's own background when it comes to the overall ride-hailing business. Yeah, so speaking of Uber, I read in your story that Uber's gotten very keen on autos now. They want to get to 200 cities by 2022. Um, So a doorstep auto service does sound great, but tell me this, what do the platforms have to do to optimize for autos? First thing, unlike cab business, autos have been around here for decades. I mean, cabs have been there, like Alapils have been there, but you know, the market never really existed for the novel thing that Uber came with, right? I mean, it was completely new. Like anyone, anyone could buy. Suddenly, the the, the cab business was uh, an attractive business. A lot of drivers, new people who never drove cabs, decided to get into the cab business. It was something very novel. So they 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 were creating a market from the scratch. But the auto market existed. It's been around here for, for decades. They already existed in platforms needed to create. Uh, platforms never really needed to create a new market. They just need to replicate what's out there. But that does not make the job easier. They have to take into account different fares across cities, towns, uh, different di- driver behavior, their preferences. All needs to be inculcated into the algorithm. And all these things vary depending on city to city. And I'm curious now as to how Rapido fits into this race. Their whole business model was about two-wheeler bike taxis, right? So how do autos come in now? Well, uh, partially, I think Rapido just saw an opportunity. 
it's it's gotten good at aggregating demand it has a decent brand presence in the big cities it's expanded really fast rapido is basically experimenting with different price points from that bike taxi but it's also not too far removed from from autos a three wheeler user is demographically closer to a bike taxi user than someone who hails a cab they understand the commuter behavior at that particular price point a uh, bike taxi would be around 40 bucks and auto around 60 to 80 rupees and a cab would be over 150 rupees but it's anybody's guess if they can break the ola mon- monopoly maybe rapido will target smaller cities first but i think the most important thing here for rapido is that it also legitimizes their business uh, their bike taxi is not exactly legal and getting into autos and having a presence there uh, a market that's regulated that's recognized can give them legitimacy and that is something that they could earn from getting into this business as well these companies were set up with the cab hailing model in mind and the way that auto rickshaws fundamentally function clashes with this model so these companies must address these gaps moving forward problems with the booking algorithm changing fares and other issues mentioned earlier in the episode while companies like this are eager to get auto drivers to get on their apps once they have adopted the apps after driver mailers with cold coins and movie tickets the apps are more focused towards the consumers most often at the cost of the auto drivers themselves we had spoken to an auto driver from kochi money he spoke in malayalam and essentially what he said is that it takes him 2 to 3 kilometers to find a ride before he can finally accept it and he can only charge the customer once they are in the auto with changing fares that don't necessarily adhere to the panchayat fares or the municipal fares he lost a lot of money what started as an endeavor to earn extra money right when the pandemic hit had actually cost him a loss the pandemic changed the daily commute for a lot of us when the definition of a workplace itself has become so fluid who's to say we'll ever need to commute that's a new reality that both aggregators and autos have to deal with so as much as autos might have resisted this before there is a symbiotic relationship between them and the aggregators if people aren't out on the road hunting for an auto auto drivers need a way to aggregate demand and that's what an aggregator gives them aggregators on the other hand get to cater to a new kind of high volume low margins type of audience this might eventually be a win win situation for both parties the race on who will get to this equilibrium first just got blown wide open in 2020 and with the entry of autos into these aggregator apps there might even be a competition between autos and cabs emerging as a more dominant issue as said by shashank athre in fact i have known i in my in my sort of experience of interacting with a few of them i've been told that there are many who sold their cars which is the cabs and moved to autos because they felt it made more economic sense uh because they couldn't service the loan and there were various other concerns so so i think going forward you might see like an intra transport option competition becoming a a more dominant issue amongst the uber and uber 
that's the end of this episode of unofficial sources it feels new and strange to end it just after the story but what do you think share your feedback with us email us at podcast at the-ken.com or tweet us at thekenweb and as usual subscribe to this podcast give us a rating and share it with your friends and we'll see you next fortnight on unofficial sources by the ken